Previously on Ask Me About K-Pop. We're going to go all the way back to the year 2000. <gasps> um, you weren't even born. I know. Then. TXT was not born. ITZY was not born. Shut your A lot of mouth. you guys were not born. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the year 2000. It's January. We've survived Y2K. Yep. But music camp was canceled when those guys showed their peens and it became yeah. music bank instead. Scoopy singing. Scoopy and also every word is ho high. It's like <laughs> such an effort to get out. Yes. Every- there are a lot of abs in that music video because they are taking sad showers and sad baths and removing their tank tops sadly. This is our first big shock news of 2000. Sexkeys disbands. Dun dun dun. They did a nude photo shoot. We still have together. to mention it Never every forget. time Shinma is brought up. This, this was exactly 10-year-old Angelica's vibe. And it is 30-year-old Angelica's vibe, <laughs> right? too. I love it. Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon, and this is a fake intro because we cut last week's episode in half, so it doesn't have an intro. So I'm making one right now so that there would be something to play after the theme song. Anyway, we're going to pick it right back up where we left off last week, which was end of June 2000. Here we go. Take it away, Shannon and Angelica. Um, Okay, so this next thing I have in July might sound familiar. Okay. It's possible if you are a variety show watcher or you stand any like embarrassing groups. Um, because I think, I feel like this is a song that people like to do. Okay. So this was a comeback in July, a solo artist named Hong Kyung Min, and he put out a single called Broken Friendship. So this fellow fancied himself Korean Ricky Martin. It said so on Korean Rick- Wikipedia. No. <laughs> I shake my... I, shake I reject my that moniker. Um, but There's the, nothing Latin pop about this except for the... <laughs> That's true. Um, but this guy, I feel like similarly to Ricky Martin, this guy really, really feel was really feeling himself in every performance that I watched. And he was dancing so hard and he was actually kind of hot. Like his outfits and hair were bad, but he was pretty hot. I wasn't... Because I feel like a lot of these like solo songs that got popular or whatever they're like ballad singers or like older guys but like mm-hmm. this guy was like actually a young hot guy sure he was known for his husky voice it is very husky yeah. but yeah the lyrics to this one are basically like sorry bruh I'm gonna steal your girl she likes me better <laughs> like miane chinguya like that's th- and sorry friend yeah and I've heard she's mine I feel like I have heard this song only in the context of like idols being weird at karaoke or like having sure. like I have heard this song so many times like sung like too loudly by like rowdy boys so mm. I it's stuck in the public consciousness is the point fair enough and why it needed to come up yeah because I wrote every idol sings this song why do I know this song <laughs> and that's why 
Um, so then debut in July, United N Generation, or just UN, and their debut single was called Voicemail. What song is this ripping I know. Off? Because that That's chorus. What is that? I was thinking that the. It's Scrubs. Yes. It's, I don't want the background. Piano is TLC Scrubs for sure. Okay, but the chorus, but the chorus is something else. Is something else. something else. Let us know in the Please comments. Please tell us because it's driving me nuts. But this it's was literally <laughs> the only thing I wrote down was what is this song? Uh, this was a two boy duo. One of the boys had that horrible hydrogen orange hair. The other one got to have black hair, but both of them had long, shiny mullets. Um, and yeah, this song sounds like it has the same instrumentation as TLC Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the stage of theirs, I, I watched their debut stage. They are wearing these like mauve suits that are just like barely a color and they fit them so poorly. And they lip synced so Badly. I've never seen someone lip sync so bad. I didn't know that you could lip sync that bad and that they would still put it on TV. Yeah. It's like they're not even trying. It's I couldn't bad. believe it. It's wild. I love the way that you say mauve. Mauve. <laughs> you made it like for so mauve. Because it's so barely mauve. You have to say it really slow. Because they're like barely a color. Um, okay, this next one I'm excited to talk about because... It's it's interesting, and I believe that it was a meme song. I can't figure it out. I don't know when it came out, but I think it was around this time. And this was a group called Country Coco, which K-K, was... K-K. Yeah, Coco, which I think means, like, the Korean Wikipedia was English translating it to cock. <laughs> but... Anyway, I hope it is that. I hope it is. Country cock. Because this was one of the guys from Rula. Yes. Who we've talked about before. Who went to jail. And an actor. And the single is called, Oh, Where Are You Going? So this song... One, it like swept all of the music shows for the whole summer. Mm-hmm. Every performance I watched of it, the crowd was like screaming every word. So I was like, is this a meme song? Like, did the kids just latch onto this because there's like something funny about this that I'm not getting? I think so, because <laughs> this when I looked this group up, I I read that they were known for their witty lyrics. Okay. So I bet that the, the song itself must have maybe like a lot of double entendres and maybe their name itself is, is a, double a double entendre, entendre as well. Um which for any ESL listeners a double entendre is a phrase that usually has a hidden sexual meaning but is otherwise very innocent. Yes. Uh, they want, yeah, they ended up winning like the popularity award at the Golden Discs later. Uh, so this was like hugely popular. Uh, but the Rula member that is in this is the one who later went to jail for gambling. Fun. <laughs> so we're moving through the summer, unless you uh, have something yes, else. I have two more for July. Okay. What, the first one is a group called Duarim. I don't know, maybe. 
J U A R I M. I want to say it's. I want to say like Huarim, but that's not. Huarim. Um, that's fair. Their song Spanish. is called Magic Carpet Ride. If it helps, I see Jaurim over here. Thank you very much. Um, this is a, a band that the the lead singer is is a female. She also plays the guitar. She and has then great she is, giant hair. It's oh, so yeah. big and curly. It's so big and curly. <laughs> it's excellent. I fucking loved this song. Yeah. I thought it was like, I thought it was like the vocal sensibilities of uh, Love Shack B fifty twos meets like the sort of like cool alternative vibe of like Letters to Cleo. It struck me. Oh my God, me, Letters to Cleo. I yes, know, bitch. Right. It struck me as a song that would have been on the 10 Things I Hate About You yes. soundtrack. Um, and I am so, so into it. It came off the LP. The LP was called The Wonderland. And this is just a good song, y'all. This is just a good song. I love it. Thanks for noting that. Uh, the last one I noted for July is a JYP artist. Her oh, name yes. is Park Ji Yoon. And this song is called Adult Ceremony. This is a bop. It really, I was just going to say, it's totally a shame that she is not an excellent singer because yeah. this song is good. It was written and composed by JYP and it's, it's a bop. I saw before we started recording, I'll have to look them up because maybe they will like, maybe they'll give us the vocal strength that we want. Mm. But I've seen that one Hyung from A-Pink, <laughs> one Joy from Red Velvet all of nine muses like this has been Ooh, done before yes. but it must be iconic because every cover i looked up of it everyone is wearing what she is wearing is mm -hmm. like a high neck like a turtlenecked like crop sort of thing with like cool cut out sleeves and uh -huh. then a long skirt with the slit all the way up to the side yeah and everyone who's ever covered this that's what you have to wear i yeah. think the skirt is part of it. Because I think the skirt with the choreo is Which like, is very like angle It's very hands. handsy. Voguing. And Park Ji-yoon has like since spoken about this song and revealed that she had no idea how racy it was. But the lyrical content is basically like, I'm a woman now. Like, I <laughs> sure. become a woman with your kiss, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she like didn't know <laughs> that it was quite so sexual. Um, but it's a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. I like that one. Uh, so that was July. Yes. Yes. All right. So in August, it's time for another debut. This is a little girl group, a five member girl group. They were called Papaya and their debut album was called Fairy Tale. And the single was called Smile, Smile. So this is fun. I think this is fun. It's like, I mean, it's very silly and it's definitely like, it's definitely something. But I appreciated whatever it was that Papaya was trying to do because it's definitely trying to be different sure. in some way. Because a lot of the girl groups that we've watched so far, the girls are wearing like cool slit skirts and have mm -hmm. crazy eye glitter and like 
you know, are doing that future girl group idol thing. Sure. But something about Papaya, we were just noting that they look like a Gap commercial in their stages because they're wearing like turtlenecks and vests and berets. Yeah. Like the way that people wear too many clothes in a like TV commercial. They're wearing like so many clothes in a like regular cool girl kind of Mm -hmm. way. But it's all in a like burnt orange olive green color palette, which is not a good combination. But it's fine. They also have people in full happy face mascot costumes yes, dancing I with wrote them. Emojis on stage before <laughs> emojis were a yeah, thing. But they it's were literally an emoji. <laughs> it really is. But I also wrote down, is this a hoedown? What is happening? Yes, the country part is very, very interesting because it's like a cheesy, like we sing sing songs mm-hmm. kind of country. Cause we were no I we didn't talk about it, but the number one song in America for 2000 was Faith Hill's Breathe, yes. which is a country. Like, an excellent an song. An excellent song. But there was like some country Says slipping. Two Texas girls. Yes. <laughs> but there was some country like slipping onto the pop yeah. charts. And we haven't gotten to any of the examples yet, but there's definitely like a cowboy hat, like people yeah. doing the cowboy aesthetic in mm-hmm. 2000. But this is the only example of like, yeah, square dancing, hoedown kind of music. Yeah. So it feels like it feels like it's for children because there's like nothing there's nothing like grown up or sexy about like they're just like yeah. doing a hoedown with mascots in like full boots and turtlenecks and scarves and yeah. like dressed 100%. It's um, very after school special. It's very after school special, but I did make a note of this one that all of these that like this these girls and many of the girls like got off better with the hair of the time because everyone just sure. had that Jennifer Aniston layers, little highlights here, but you just like curl it in towards your face, part it straight in the middle, and that's fine. Or this it's group just, just long has and like, straight. Yeah, just hair. Yeah. So at least they had that. So that was the debut of Papaya. <laughs> um, our next debut is very exciting. Iconic. On August 25th, little baby, 13 years old in her little tracksuit, Boa debuts with her debut single, ID, Peace Be. Um, yeah, so this was the debut of Baby Boa. SM had a new solo artist, and she was a little bitty girl, mm-hmm. and, and they she threw could, her out there. She could sing, and she could dance, and she was here to blow them all away. Yeah, so um, this song, it peaked at number 10, and it sold to moderate 150,000 copies. It wasn't like, it definitely wasn't a flop debut, but like Boa's time was coming. This sure. was her debut. And her real, we'll, we're, like we promised, two-part BOA episode this oh, year. Oh, yes. So just get ready for that. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> um, Yeah, but this was her debut. And she, like, yeah, she always wore, like, baggy track pants. And yeah. she, like, danced like a boy. she was a child. She was literally 13. And she's very good at that, like, hip-hop style yeah. dance choreography. So she's just, and that's always been her thing. Um. So welcome to the scene, Boa. Yeah, Boa's on the scene, and one little baby boy named Muno puts a Boa poster on his ceiling. Oh, isn't that sweet? That's a thing that oh we God, know I'm is a, is a true. That's we know that's a true. <laughs> we know it's a fact. Uh, I love it. And soon they'll fall in love. And it's we'll so be exciting. together forever. <laughs> 
Okay, so September, this is like, this is a moment. It's a very big moment. So there is this guy. I have to do some backstory before we play this song. There was this guy, a solo artist, Cho Sung Mo was his name. Mm-hmm. And when he debuted in 1997, he did this wild thing that no one had ever done before where he did not appear in his own music video or do any live performances or anything. He was a faceless singer. Mm. Nobody knew what he looked like. Interesting. So he like put out a whole album like without anybody knowing what he looked like. He eventually revealed his face in 1998. It is in an episode over the line 1997 because the mom thinks he's going to be ugly and he's not. <laughs> um, but he put out an album in September called Let Me Love and the singles called Do You Know. Okay, so this song was on the soundtrack of a war movie called Missing You. So it's already a movie soundtrack, which like, I mean, back in the day, people used to really give a shit about movie soundtracks. (laughs) Um, But this song sold, this album sold so many copies that still here in 2020, it is 13th on the list of Korean albums of all time under like EXO and BTS. This album was a big deal. Wow. So like, even though that just sounded like, yeah, that was a ballad, Shannon. Like, yeah, I know. But it was a huge (laughs) deal. So we had to include it because at the end of the year, it won every award. It outsold everyone. This album was huge. Yeah. This was like a defining song of the year. Celine Dion Titanic song or whatever. Like. This was a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that. Um, then in on the 6th of September, a group we've talked about in a forever old random game, debut of CB Mass. Mm-hmm, this yes. is Dynamic Duo plus their friend who stole from them. Yeah, I wrote Dynamic <laughs> Duo plus Thief. Yes. <laughs> and their debut single is called Soul Blues. Yeah, so I'll, literally all I wrote about this is this was Dynamic Duo and they still had that friend. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. kicked him out like a year later and became Dynamic Duo. So, But that was a debut. It happened. Have to no- note it. Okay, this next thing on the list, I'm literally busting to talk about <laughs> because I can't believe that I missed this somehow. <sighs> so remember way back in our first generation episode, we told you about how K-pop as a genre was essentially like event invented or spearheaded by one Sotaiji and the boys. Mm-hmm. Well, after this extreme success from Sotaiji and the boys, Sotaiji said, I don't like being famous. I am an artiste. I retire now. So two years into his career, he retired and he moved to America. And in the year 2000, he came back to Korea and he showed up at the airport looking like a woman. Um, uh, let me show you this picture because he still talks about because it was like all the headlines were like people being like, so Taiji looks like a girl. Um, his haircut is like very, very feminine. And he was just wearing this like this crazy sh- geometrical shirt. When I saw because I saw the articles first and then I saw the picture and I was like, oh, 
I guess I get it. Oh, wow. He like, really look, does. like that could just be like a girl. That could definitely just be a lady. <laughs> that is that is a woman's haircut, though. Right? That's a woman's, like, long bob. Anyway, he still says this was one of the most embarrassing moments of his life because thousands of people showed up at the airport because he was coming uh, back to the country. And he thought that, like, he could no one cared. Incognito. But he couldn't. So he came back and he was like, remember how you liked that fun puppy hip hop I was making? Well, fuck that. I make new metal now. And he put out this song called Ultramania. Uh, yeah. So he was like, corn? I can do that. And that's what he did. And this song, this album sold almost a million copies in two days. The album and both songs, this one and another one called Internet Wars, went to number one immediately. The song sold one, the album sold 1.5 million copies in the year 2000. Wow. People went apeshit for this. And the live performances of him doing it and the kids like moshing and stuff. It's like, it's very strange to see. I hated I didn't, I everything didn't know about that, this. That South Korea also had shitty new metal. And that it was made by like their pioneer of pop music. I'm just still like shocked by this. I know. He said, I don't need the boys, but instead got <laughs> box braids. Yes, are, like, red bright ones. red. <laughs> and he's just like headbanging his heart out. And it's terrible. Yeah. I hated this. But people (laughs) loved it. The point is that the people loved it. And so Taiji was back. And he was a new metal star now. (laughs) Um, Okay. Slipping back into comfortable territory. At the end of September, H.O.T. came back with an album called Outside Castle. And the single was also called Outside Castle. My first notes on this song are This song is 85% whispers What the fuck And it's 5 <laughs> minutes and 35 seconds SM you so crazy <laughs> And it when they It's a really long song And when they performed it live with, They had a full orchestra Yeah And all I could think was just like Yeah like this is SM Like decadence at its finest Like HOT were their golden boys mm-hmm. And like it was the year 2000 And Lisa Van was like They will have an orchestra Absolutely like, it's just really a lot It is but I love of strings and pop music. Yeah. I just absolutely adore that like violin. Dee, 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 dee. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I also noted that me and Kangta have like I had the same hair that Kangta has in this video in 2007. That hair that Victoria Beckham really short in the back, really mm. long at your chin, like angular haircut. <laughs> and it was the same like coppery shade. Like me and Kangta <laughs> had the same haircut at one point. We're gonna need a photo side by side. I will give you a side by side. Please. Um do. yeah, this album went to number one because it was HOT. Yeah. Like Sex Geese is gone. <laughs> HOT is on top. HOT is it, baby. Yeah, and this song like Won all the music shows. It's H.O.T. H.O.T. It's Outside Castle. People loved it. Um, The next thing I had in September, again, I could not find an exact date for this, but at some point in September, Turbo 
disbanded. Contracts expired. And like I said, conflicts with their management were well known. So it like wasn't surprising to anybody that Turbo disbanded. But that happened at some point in September. Um, October? Are we ready to move on to ready October? Ready for October. On the 29th of October, Finkel had a comeback. We've talked about Finkel before. This yeah. is where uh, Lee Hyori came from. Mm-hmm. We definitely talked about them on our first gen ep, and it's written F-I-N capital K capital L. Finkel. Um, and the single, it was called Now. <laughs> Um, so this song was supposed to be like a signifying comeback for Finkel mm-hmm. that they were grown now. Yes. Um, so they're wearing like suits and like silk pajamas like TLC in the music video. And then they also did some stages in like a loosened school uniform with the boobies popping um, out like Britney Spears sure, to be sure. like, we're, we're women now. Um, the video for this one was really weird. I couldn't quite figure out what was happening in it. They're like filming each other and they're like in a guy's house and they're like touching all his stuff. And then at some point he comes home and he's like, <gasps> people have been here. And then the girls like put masks down and like, I don't know. I don't know what was happening in it. Yeah, it's weirdly torturous <laughs> and like uh, predatory. Yes, they were like bothered. They yeah. were like and touching the, his thing. The chorus of it. Well, OK, first of all. <laughs> Men sing the chorus of this song. There is a there's a part of this song that sounds like it's being sung. By okay, men. Um, but the part where they they sing like da 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 ba da ba ba that is a U.S. boy band song, and I cannot put my finger on which one, and it's driving me a little crazy. So yeah, if this you whole, know what it is again, please. Please this don't. whole episode has just been like a game of like, what song is this also? <laughs> and they're also all each other because yeah. there's like melodical sim- melodic similarities in every single one of these. Mm-hmm. This song started in the drum track is the same as a Super Junior. Um, oh, I lost it. Oh, you were just singing. Because I can't stop thinking about you, girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was good harmony off the cuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was Finkel. That album saw, sold like half a million copies. People still were all about Finkel. Um, November. Yes. Ready? I'm ready. Okay, come back. Um Jung-wa. Yes. Album titled Queen of Charisma. She put out two singles, Escape and Crack. Do you have an opinion about which one we should play? Uh... The escape has the creepy, sexy music video. Yeah, I love it. It's more fun. Uh, can we play a little bit of both? Sure. <laughs> Let's do escape first. Okay, and then crack. Um, yeah, so the first thing that I wrote after watching both of these music videos is she is the queen of this extremely specific thing that I can't describe. The only thing that it ever makes me think of is these commercials that used to be on TV for, like, compilation albums of, like, 
world dance music oh. and it would have you know like Enya or whatever and you know those remember those commercials where they would just play like five second snippets of sure. like a bunch of songs Absolutely. to get you to buy like pure moods or whatever I feel like there was one that was like some kind of world dance club mix and like every Um Jung Wah song like could have been in one of those commercials and like that's what I always think of it's this like very specific very dated like tiny period of time where like this kind of like world dance music was being made and she's sure. very good at it she's very good at it i i noted that like i feel like there's just a there's like a professionalism that i think she brings that yes. other groups do not like, some of these people on these stages legitimately looked scared yeah and unrehearsed and like did not have the swag but like um jung wah has always had that stage presence absolutely even when she's doing really silly hand choreography which is like the majority yeah. of crack <laughs> little there's stuff. literally a part where like the da- the quote unquote dance break is them going like this yeah just like rubbing your Handsome. hands like back and forth in the air at an angle and it's really silly. Um, but she wears this incredible diamond wig in the music oh, yeah. video for Escape. Which is, like, really sexual and strange. There's, like, knives. Yeah, and velvet she's, stuff, like and she's, like, a, like, crawling on the ground. And she's, like, ooh. She's, like, a magician's <laughs> assistant. And he's throwing knives at her. But he's not very good with the knives. Right. So, like, maybe she could die. And she but needs yeah. to escape. I'm jung An icon. A yeah. queen. For sure. Um... So just a few days later in November, this is another like very, very big moment for 2000. G.O.D., as we said very early in the in the year, put out a reality show that made everybody love them. Mm-hmm. So in November, they put out their first album post Everyone Gives a Shit About G.O.D. And it was called Chapter 3. And the single is called Lies. Danny. Okay, the song, obviously, as you can hear, is like a perfect R&B breakup song. But I think one of the reasons that it was like so popular is the like lyrics of it all. So it's like called lies. But in the chorus, he's saying like, I am fine. And the other ones go, it hurts so much. <laughs> and then he's like, please just go. And the other ones are like, don't leave me. Because he's lying. <laughs> Right. So he's like, everything he says is like a lie. And one of the like rap verses literally ends with one of them just going like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Like he <laughs> yells. And isn't there a part in this song at some point where someone just like, there's like a woman who just screams. Yes, she just like she screams. Just, ah! <laughs> like not like a melodic scream, just like a like pained yes. scream. Um, but the song is like really long. It has like mm-hmm. two key changes. It's like it's got everything that you want in like a hit, in like a hit, and a hit R and B in a hit R and B ballad. It also has Danny, Danny, Danny on. on, and Danny on is one of the hottest idols to ever live, and I will fight you about it, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> On is so hot. What's he doing nowadays? 
I don't know. Being hot somewhere, probably. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. He used to be an MC of oh, We Got Married. And it was the best because he would get really bitter because he was single. His and he would just smiles. Like, he would just like cringe. He's so mad. And like cuddle a, a cuddle a pillow and just be like, why doesn't anybody talk to me that way? And it was just really relatable. Oh, Danny. Oh, Danny. I love you. Um, but anyway, he is a member of G.O.D. <laughs> okay. I have three other things for November before we One more on thing December. about. This lies, and then you oh, can for go sure. on. The drum track is exactly the drum track of R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. Okay, mm. now you can move on. I just had to say it. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. You could probably sing I Believe I Can Fly. I think can you fly, can, because like, when it starts, it. it's yeah. exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't have specific dates on these, so I apologize if they're, like, somewhat out of order, but whatever. These things all happened in November of 2000. Number one, Jung Il Young released a song called Prayer. So I normally probably wouldn't have noted this song because it's just a ballad and right. like he's just like a solo artist and you know he's a little bit on the older side but this song was the OST for a drama called Autumn in My Heart which is now considered to be one of the groundbreaking dramas that not only like made K dramas what they are today, but also was really influential in the Hollywood wave. Um, it had forty six percent viewership, which yeah. means like everybody was watching this show. Um, so I just had to have it on the list of like this was a major. Oh yeah, that's important. Um, and because this drama was like popular, starting to become popular abroad, this song was also like starting to be heard in other countries. I wonder if this is okay. So Wan Bin, Wan Bin was in this drama. Mm. I remember. I'll have to go back and listen, or if it was a different one, because you, because oh, I guess this one is related to Winter Sonata. And oh, it was like an anthology, like a, they did like a seasons anthology because Winter Sonata is one I've heard about for sure. Mm. Um, and I remember in that drama episode, I told a story about one of these was like so popular in like Hong Kong or something that it like created a yeah, stink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great. Love that. So that's Jung Yun Young Prayer. Yes. The next one I have is from a guy named Yu Song Jun, and his song is called Wish You Could Find. Wish you could. So this guy, I mean, this song is pretty fun. So, but also, again, it's another one that I feel like I could sing two of the songs we've already heard today right on top of it, and it wouldn't even make a difference. One hundred percent. It's all running together. This is why this made my brain mushy because it's like <laughs> so After similar. A while, it's like all the same. Um, well, this guy, this guy in particular, I find notable if the song is not because, although I liked the song, yeah, um, because we've talked about this guy at some point. I don't remember when it was. 
Was it in our military It must have been, because we wouldn't have brought it up otherwise. Fair enough. This guy uh, is actually, he was and is banished from Korea, uh, because when he was supposed to enlist in the army, I believe, I could have the facts wrong, I believe he left, like he went out of the country and was like in the United States and missed the like His conscription yeah, period. He, he missed the period in which he was supposed to enlist in the army. So he was officially exiled from Korea and basically they told him don't ever come back. Um, But he was before that very popular. He at a certain point held for this song held the record for the highest first week sales um, and overall sold over uh, one and a half million copies of this particular album and song. So he was really popular and then he screwed up and now he's Banished. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I mean, he was like fully like sunglassed and giant coated in that, but he he had hot boy energy that I could like imagine probably would have worked in his favor. Absolutely. My last uh, note for November of 2000 is a debut uh, from a woman who is now known as like a very popular ballad and OST singer, uh, but her name is Wax and her debut song was called Mother's Diary. Yes, you are hearing that right. Those are small children. There is a whole chorus of children (laughs) on stage with her right then. Um, This was a pretty popular debut, but the other, the like duality of Wax is that she also promoted a song called Opa. Do you want to play a little clip of it just to see? Very different vibes. Very different. From Mother's Diary. She uh, she is wearing like a white corseted spaghetti strap with like high-waisted white bell bottoms. And, and a cowboy For the hat. children. And then she dons a white cowboy hat and goofy white sunglasses for this opa. Which I was able to, I think, appropriately yes. trace back to in the year 2000 when Madonna mm-hmm. had to come back. That was all like... Western themed. Yeah. And this feels very much like a direct lift of that. But it bums me out because this Opa performance, it's like embarrassing. Like, it's not like, it's like they didn't give her choreo and they told Mm -hmm. her to just like put her hands on her head and like shake like she's cute. And like, I don't know, it feels very forced and like very overdone. Super. She doesn't seem like she's actually having, I don't know. It fucking, I did not like it. It's not great. And there's a lot of awkward body rolls. But this woman is still an active singer today and like has been able to establish a very lucrative career for herself. So. So she's go fine. ahead. Don't worry Max. about it. Um, the last thing I had for November was another like a breaking news, a big breaking news scandal of 2000, which was Beck Ji Young's sex tape scandal, yeah. um, which if you want to hear more about that, listen to our episode about managers because her manager blackmailed her with a sex tape and then she was underage. So his ass went to jail. Yeah, It's a bad story. But. That was like, that was a big piece of pop culture news because like a few months ago, we were talking about Beck Ji Young's got this smash first number one of the year. People love it. But like, oops, brought down, brought down. Rough, rough uh, roll of the dice for Beck Ji Young that year. 
But she's fine now. So it's she's fine. We see, that's now. the fun thing about doing this thing that's 20 years ago because we can be like, yeah, they made it. It's okay. <laughs> she is fine now. If you're wondering, like, we always talk about Becky Young. She's the one who sang My Ears Candy. Mm-hmm. You've, you've heard her name and that song before. I guarantee it. I'm ready for December. I'm Close ready. out 2000. Yes. So in it feels like very SM style. Like, this is what they still do to Red Velvet. So, like, I don't get it. But. Five days before the year ends, <laughs> SES puts out an album called A Letter from Greenland. Mm-hmm. And the single is called Show Me Your Love. So this, like the... Um, Finkel debut or the Finkel comeback a few months before it SES also was trying to say we are grown up now yes um so they're also wearing suits in this music video this song is actually a cover of a Japanese song by a girl named Misia um so it's like not even an original SES song oh that's interesting but I will note and recommend the second single off this album is called Be Natural and Red Velvet, before they added Yeri, put out Be Natural as a single, like fully re-recorded oh. it, did new choreo, but they didn't change. Like the Red Velvet song version is not any different than the SES version. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very true, it's a very true cover. So if you like the Red Velvet one, the SES one is the same. It's not <laughs> like Red Velvet didn't have to like work real hard to make it better. I just think Be Natural is better and like probably should have been the main single. Yeah. But it also, because it was carried so well by Red Velvet 14 years later, maybe tells me that that song was just ahead of its time. And people maybe. weren't ready for it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but that's the last comeback that I had for the year, like right before it ended. I have one other, uh, and this was a group called Diva. And the song is called, the LP is called Naughty Diva. And the song is called In This Winter. So this is a three-member girl group uh, that has these like gorgeous husky lady rappers. Oh my god, their voices are so deep. And <gasps> They're cool. so low. One of them, when I wasn't watching the video and I was just listening to it, I thought it was a man. Um, and it's not. It's a girl group. Um, but they're wonderful. I was really into Diva. I hope that all current K-pop rappers are, like female rappers are, looking to them as inspiration. I saw some real Moonbule energy yes. in that performance. They have, like, great Moonbule energy. Like, just very good swag. Like, yeah. they did not have that scared on stage thing that some of the other people did. No, they looked so cool. So cool. So that's great. Um, and just like to note at the end of the year, Soul Music Awards and stuff, Day Songs went to G.O.D. and Finkel and Am Jung Wa and Jo Song Mo, that guy with mm-hmm. the mu- movie soundtrack. Popularity Awards went to Baby Vox and Click B. 
Golden Disc Popularity Awards went to Country Coco and Shinwa. Um, let's see. Ma- I have a few mamas, uh, but at the time it was called the Mnet. MV Fest, music video festival. Oh, okay. That the music video of the year was for Jo Song Mo. Um, and like Boa won new female. Um, let's see, best girl group was Finkel, best male group was G.O.D. Um, Chakra won best new group. Um yeah, Chakra did pretty well. And for to no surprise, group, yeah. so did Baby Vox and Shinwa and Klon. In the in SBS Gaio, Mamas, and Golden Discs. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the year 2000. The next thing I have in my list is, like, we've brought it up, but just, like, trends of the year that we noticed. Sure. Uh, one thing I haven't brought up yet is that is ring lights in the music videos. Mm. It seemed to be the year that somebody discovered the beauty of a ring light, which is, like, a actual ring of light you put on top of the camera, and then it, like, whitens all of the part around your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, every music video I saw had like the most intense ring light so that people have these like crazy glowy cartoon eyes. So that was definitely a thing yeah. that I saw a lot. Also, so, so many strobes Ugh, on strobes. stage and in the music videos. So a warning to anyone who may have epilepsy or like any yes. kind of issues of that sense. Like, please don't go watch these. We made a playlist, but don't yeah. do it if you have like light sensitivity issues because there's so much fucking strobe yes. in everything. It's painful. And it's for painful. the music camp stages, like... If they're, like, on top of the strobing, there was also a lot of, like, nauseating camera work. Yes. Like, fully spinning the camera yeah. or, like, having the pam- camera go uns, 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 and, yeah, like, yeah, zooming, yeah. zooming in. in and there out. were a couple mm-hmm. of performances I had to look away from or just, like, leave because the camera work was making me nauseous. Yeah. I also noted that there were just... Backup dancers galore. Like so I, many backup dancers. To a point where I think I mean many groups and soloists and stuff like still do use backup dancers today, but it felt more. It, it felt might have to been, a larger degree. It might have been a limitation of the camera technology at the time or something. Mm. Especially with the, like, music camp performances where I feel like nowadays a group might have 15 backup dancers, but because they have 12 cameras on them and they are mostly doing member close-ups, you you don't see the background members as much. But in these, like, music camp stages, there's a lot of, like, wides and crowd shots and, like, very far away stuff. And they probably recorded that live and did not get to, like, go back and fix camera angles if they had, like— cued to the wrong one um so i think the bigger picture of the stage meant that the backup dancers feel more noticeable because you can see all of them all the time yeah yeah lots another thing i wrote and i don't know if it was just like camera tricks or if it was style or if it was whatever but i wrote people were tanner then they were Tanner. It's like Tanner. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> were. Generally Tanner. Because it seemed more of like, uh, just like whatever your natural skin tone happened yeah. to be. And like they weren't afraid of like spending time in the sun. And uh, what's his bucket who always wears the sunglasses from G.O.D.? His face is like leather. He loves yeah, the sun. He loves the sun. He loves it. He's still the brownest one yeah, around. so brown with his silver hair. Um, I also wrote that I guess noisiness has always been beloved in <laughs> Korean music. Music because there's just so much lots of noise. noise lots of noise but yeah I guess it was just it might have just been like a symbol of music production at the time and I wish I was like more 
knowledgeable about music and instruments, but the very specific drum beats and piano sounds and like the sounds that are being used are so familiar, but like so of a very specific time period. And it also made the majority of these songs sound like each other. Yeah. Because everybody was like using the exact same things. And I feel like it's happened that the, the 2020 equivalent of that is that like everyone uses the same like standard trap beat for their like rap part or whatever. Like those mm-hmm. things come around. Um, But yeah, we didn't talk much about it, but I wrote hair architecture because <laughs> when watching the music camps specifically, there was just... Think people were doing things with their hair. I like didn't know you could do things with hair. Like it just felt like a comical Hunger Gamesy, like Star Wars, some like Queen Amidala. Like there was a Baby Vox performance I saw where one of the girls' hair was like literally coming like a foot and a half off of her head, but it had like big hollow circles in it, like it had been crazily like gelled to have like. Holes full in holes it. in it but like was massive and then there was an, an announcer on music camp who had her hair had been like crisscross glued across her forehead like it was like you know like one of those pretty lacy caps but it was made out of her hair so weird and like so many extensions and so many braids and piled so high and like just the thing, it's felt like people were trying to yeah. go to new heights with like, what can we do with hair? Incredibly literally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, ankle length skirts on everyone. Boys in ankle length skirt, like ankle sure. length skirts. Boys wearing glasses, goggles, yarn braids. So oh, many yeah. yarn so braids. So many yarn braids. Forehead, little bitty forehead bands with like mm-hmm. a single jewel hanging down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just all of it, nothing about it. It was like 2000s fashion that I remembered, but a lot of it was like stepped up 10 steps. Mm. But the re- but a lot of it did feel very familiar. Absolutely, cuz it's a lot of the same color schemes with those like metallics um and like neons. Um a lot of the same cuts of things like the same silhouettes as far as like higher waisted pants or either like higher waisted or super low like no super low yeah yeah. and then uh you know like little halters halters tubes plastic material tops made of weird things that you like aren't real shirts translucent that aren't shirts yeah translucent panels in things clear stuff yeah shiny stuff But yeah, everybody was using that same shitty drugstore peroxide to dye their hair, and it all looks bad. It all looks bad. It all looks bad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's see. What else do I have about 2000? I just, like, wrote—I have a part in my notes that's called Mysteries, because there were a (laughs) lot of groups that I would watch whole stages for and then could not, in English or Korean, find a goddamn thing about them. So, like, there was some girl named Tammy— That was kind of good. Don't know what happened to her. There was a group called SZ, and their song was called Who Are You? So when I was trying to find SZ, Who Are You? It was, like, not happening. 
Yikes. I saw a girl rock band named Ada, A-I-D-A. They had a kind of like Josie and the Pussycats vibe, but like with bad jeans. Kind of liked that. There was like a solo artist dude named Bizu who like dressed like a cult member, like in a like long tunic. And he had like a girl who was also wearing a tunic and she was amazing. She was like such a good singer and she just like sang the hooks on his song. And I was like, she's good. So I made note of that. And then we also saw a performance of this boy group called MST that I couldn't find anything about. But one of them had like shoulder length, like Jonghan Tarzan hair and was like beefy, like Shonu, but like had long hair and they were wearing like clear plastic raincoats. Oh, these clear plastic raincoats (laughs) with just like white tank tops and very thin fabric. But you could see the line of where their underpants were. And they were all wearing like shorts, (laughs) like knee length shorts underneath the pants. So they obviously knew they were see-through, but they were good. They were good. They were good. But I couldn't find a single thing about them. So that's all I have written down. But the point is, is that we dove into a year and there was so much to see. So much. I have one scandal that we didn't Oh, please. So there's a hip hop group called Uptown. Okay. And uh, the four original members were uh, a guy named Chris Chris Jung, Carlos Galvan, Steve Kim. Carlos? Yes. Okay, go on. And... Tasha Reed, a.k.a. <gasps> Yoon Mirae. Yoon Mirae. Yes. So poor Yoon Mirae was involved in this group. But the three men of the group, so it was like three guys and Yoon Mirae, who we've brought up many times. She's an iconic hip-hop uh, star yes. of Korea. She's married to uh, Tiger, Tiger JK. JK. And um, this group, Uptown, so the three male members in it, uh, in the year 2000, were arrested for injecting liquid meth. Oh no, meth! Liquid meth. Oh, meth is very bad. With, oh no. So these three guys, <laughs> along with two female college students, they were all around the same age. Like these guys were like in their right. early 20s at the time. So it's not like a creepy thing, but they're just like all five of them are like getting together and doing meth. Uh, both Mide, Yoon Mire and and uh, Tiger JK were questioned in relation to this drug scandal. This drug scandal. <gasps> um, JK was even like uh, had a threat of charges against him because he had allowed some of the members to like stay in his house. <gasps> and the question was like, did they do drugs in oh, the no. house? And did he know about oh, it? No. Ultimately, the part that made me like. <laughs> Okay, laugh a little bit, is that all three of these men, Chris Jung, Carlos Galvan, Steve Kim, they're all second generation Korean citizens. Like their family is from, their families are from the United States and each one of them has lived in the United States for a certain point. Uh So basically the Korean media was just like, they started doing drugs in the States. This is all because they spent time in the States. And that was even one of the arguments like made in court. Uh, But yeah, the group broke up because of it. Wow. Because <laughs> they all went to jail. That's shocking. But I honestly kind of don't blame them for making that like the, uh, making that the, the main the argument. argument. Yeah. Because no, it's yeah. not inaccurate, drugs, I'm sure. Drugs are different here than they yeah. are there. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like a long list of other drugs that they probably partook in, but the liquid meth really the stuck meth, out to me. Yeah, don't do meth, guys. Come on. I also 
didn't know you could inject meth. I thought it was something you smoked. I think you can do meth in all kinds of ways. <sighs> wow. We don't encourage meth use on this the podcast. More you know. <laughs> <laughs> we do not encourage meth, meth use. use. That is true. <laughs> um, well, I had a very good time going back in time and reading and reading and learning and watching all about 2000s K-pop. I definitely am going to like buy a few of these and keep them on my rotation. And there are a few that I don't ever need to hear again. No. Yeah. No, I do not. <sighs> but that one guy's song, Mama. Yes, I loved that one. That one was fun. That was great. Gonna listen to that one forever. Oh my God. All right. We'll be back with our random game. All right. We're back. At first, we were going to have the random game only choose from the year 2000, but oops, there were only the three groups that we talked about. So, duh. We yeah. just went through it regular. And today we got Top Dog. Two P's, two G's. Top Padagaga. Top Padagaga. And Top Padagaga <laughs> is now called Zenoti. They changed their name yes, two years ago. They did. They reformed in 2018. Uh, they originally debuted in 2013 as Top Dog. Uh, how many members did they originally have? They started out with one. Wait, that cannot be right. This has got to be wrong. Because that would make them 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. A 13 member a 13 group. member group at the beginning? Originally a 13 member group. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, damn. So there were 13 of them. Originally a 13 member group from Stardom Entertainment. Is that the name of their company? Stardom? Stardom, yeah. Yes. So Stardom Entertainment, eventually, after a couple a couple years into their career, they moved to Hunus or Hunus Entertainment. Or I don't know. Um, at which point, two of the members sued the company for, quote, mismanagement of their career uh, in an attempt to leave. Um, this was confirmed by the company, Hunus, Hunus, whatever. Um, and they've had a couple of different member changes. They're currently a five-member group. So throughout the years, they kind of just, like, lost two members this year. Then they lost three members. Then they lost another two. Then they lost a blah, whatever. So right. now there's only five of them. And it seems like since about 2016, they've just been operating as, like, a— reality show group like some of them did mm. show me the money which is a rap competition and then some of them did the unit and some of them did produce 101 season two like yeah so they've been like out and about but they haven't really been promoting together um and they currently have five members all of whom have been there from the beginning so yeah. they've never added members they've, they've only lost. ever lost members <laughs> And for some reason, Top Dog, that name is so familiar to me, and I like can't think of why. I agree. I don't know what song it is that I know of theirs, but maybe it'll be their most popular one. Yeah. Let's find out. So their most popular music video is called Arayil, and it came out in 2014 or 2015. Arayil 2014. And How many it has they have at that time? 4.5 million views. In 2014, according to this, that was all of them. Oh, all right then. This was their Oh, right, because they debuted in 2013. Second EP. Yeah. So it looks like they're wearing tradition. In the screen cap, one of them is wearing like traditional, uh, like old timey Korean drama hat. So we'll see what happens. All right, here comes okay, here Top Dog, Arayo. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Okay, traditional instruments. Okay, and boys dressed in all white. Okay, so the instrumentation of this is like a mixture of traditional Korean string and drum instruments. Um, and we're cutting back and forth between like the boys being dressed in traditional outfits and then being dressed in like cool hip hop outfits. Yeah, drop crotch pants and backwards hats and etc. etc. Yeah, and Tiny a fancy car in their handbook. <laughs> She, was she wearing hanbok like without the jacket over yeah, it? Yeah, where it's just the tube top part. Oh, very scandalous. Oh no, oh, braid hat. Oh, but fans. I love a fan choreography. The girls body rolling in their hanbok is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this group had 13 members in it. Yeah. Ooh. Do they have, yeah, God, I'm so curious. Like, do they have, like, a member who's really famous or something? Like, I don't know. Why do I know them but don't know anything about them? Yeah, that's definitely a hat with braids. Because in the other scene, that member has very, very short cool. hair. We don't like hat we braids. We do not We've like this braid hats. many times before. <laughs> I bet this is a really cool live performance. They seem to have fun with their choreography. And they keep like thwarping the fans, but they're not doing anything with the fans. Yeah. But they thwarp them. They thwarp them. They also have masks. Mm-hmm. I keep seeing these members' faces really quickly and thinking that there are other people. Yeah. I feel like that is the trick, is like once you've like learned about like 50 celebrities, <laughs> then you can start making any people just like, oh, they look like this person. Oh, they. My favorite game to play while I watch TV is which who does two this celebrities person look like? does this person yeah. look like? If you mushed two faces, who would they look like? True. And yeah, see, and you can 13. do that for American celebrities yeah. too. This is not an exclusively no, no, K-pop game. No, no, surely it's not. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a whole like a 13 member group. I'm gonna find like seven of them oh, who yeah. are have to have doppelgangers. I've already group. seen a Bam Bam. <laughs> oh shit! boy! This song is very fun. Yeah, it is fun. I like the instrumentation a lot. That sounds that like that Nala thing that was in Sunmi's last song. Oh. Oh, and there we go. What I said whoa because one of the guys did this like crazy move where he had his like legs hooked around another member's waist and like his hands on the ground and then he like twisted and flipped like up. It was crazy. I know that was a bad description of what happened, but it was very cool. No, it was cool. So that was Top Dog. Yeah. I'm going to, that's going to bug me why I don't know, why I know who they I are. I know. Okay. <laughs> with that, we are finally done with our beast of a year 2000 episode. Do you have any recommendations for this episode? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> because I think my only recommendation is to... Check out the playlist that we'll put up on our YouTube channel for this sure. episode. Watch a full episode of Music Camp on NBC's YouTube channel. Just because I like, 
I'm proud of them for putting all of that stuff up. And I think it's really cool that you can watch like a whole episode of something from 20 years ago. That is very cool. Um, And I think a lot of the things that we've talked about for these last two weeks, like need to be seen to Mm -hmm. be believed. So truly my honest recommendation is like, go watch some of the stuff that we talked about because I need y'all to see it. (laughs) I just need you to see it so that we can all be here together. And if you want an example of some of these artists' long-lasting impact, uh, watch 17 on on Um Jung Wah's Immortal Song because I'll never not take an excuse to recommend that. Absolutely. (laughs) I honestly think a ton of the songs that we talked about today, if you typed in their title, like a modern group has probably covered them like once. For sure. It definitely happens. For sure. Okay. Um, If you would like to talk to us online, we can be found at AMA K-pop pod on Twitter and Instagram, AMA K-pop pod at gmail.com, AMA K-pop on Spotify for all of our playlists, AMA K-pop the podcast or ask me about K-pop the podcast on YouTube. 181 AMA K-pop 5 is our number. If you want to leave us a voicemail. And uh, we'll be back next week with something fun. Thanks for hanging in on this two-part trip down memory lane <laughs> to memories we didn't even have <laughs> and visiting 20 years ago and K-pop. memories we'll never forget. Oh, surely we'll never forget. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Jonghyun, your inspiration. 